Monacht have got the ball after restart. Munster have made a mistake and Sam Arnold is going all the way for the corner and he may well score. He has scored. Out into the hands of Daly from Marmion. Little scoop around. That's very clever. Chance to go for the line. Conor Fitzgerald! The Limerick man scores against his home province. Connacht come through on it. Hack it forward. Prendergast does so. There's a big chase on here. Oliver can't catch it. Here's Kieran Marmion. Marmion is as alive as he ever is to a breaking ball. What a brilliant piece of play from Marmion. They still have the ball. Oh, that's harsh on Connacht, but it's still Connacht's ball. They've knocked it on. Connacht have won the game. Munster have knocked it on. Connacht have won in Tobin Park for the first time since 2015 and only the second time since 1986. 24 points to 20. It's the Craig Rugby podcast. It's the post-match edition after Connacht have won for only the second time in God knows how many years down in Toman Park and on the Zoom call tonight we couldn't do the call because Rob and William are in Toman Park and they couldn't get a recording going. We have Lindy McKenzie. Good evening and what a great evening it is. It certainly is. We've got Niall Packy Shield. Good evening Alan. Good evening Lindley. And, Good evening. <laughs> and Danny Deegan. And Danny it was a full full house tonight. We we would have we would have had Dave on as well, Dave Finn, but apparently he didn't get to see it live, so there's no point in having him on. But anyway, Niall, you were about to tell us what happened. We've we've got I've got a recording of the press conference that worked. I got that working correctly, so I have the Connacht press conference and a very happy Andy friend we had in there. But Niall, what what happened with Munster? Because I had to run away from the TV to sort of get myself set up for the the press conference. I didn't see what happened afterwards. Well, I'm not quite sure, but they looked not just disappointed to lose the game. Um, I think the niggle in the game might have upset them a little bit, and Shinne. Well, I was just delighted to see Connacht standing up and start, like I was so frustrated last week and Rob had mentioned that he, he thought we sort of let them away with it a little bit and we didn't talk too much about the, Con- the Leinster defeat and I said to him, well, I'd rather wait to see what happens this week and my God, did we answer. Did we answer in a huge way? The attitude was absolutely bang on. What do you think, Dan? Yeah, I'd have to agree. Like, uh, look, I was so dejected after the game last week. Um, thinking about this this game before the teams were announced I was like I don't, I couldn't see how we were going to win it um, and then when I saw the teams announced I really couldn't see how we were going to win they had such a strong team I know we, we had a strong bench but so did they it's just so impressive that our young guys I know there was a few old heads but I, um, the guys that really stood out to me was uh, Niall Murray Keen Prentergast like they, they put in massive shifts in the forward pack they did, they did. Sorry, sorry, I got us distracted there because William has just sent me the post-match audio himself and Rob made in, in Toman Park because they must have been able to record something after the game. So before we move on here, let's have a listen to what they had to say. Podcast drop-in time from Toman Park as the rain buckets down and we're a long way from the stadium is where we're parked. So we're going to get soaked, but I don't think we care all that much. We're proud to be here. William Davis. Oh, that was fun. Oh, that was great crack altogether. That was just really a proper old-fashioned ding-dong Interpro game uh, being played on a freezing cold wet night in May, which you'd only get in Ireland. It's ice cold here. It's not It's not funny how cold it is. This man was in Krasiak. Indeed, but uh, it's a different type of cold here, as I always say. <laughs> Great performance by Connacht. They stuck at it. They were dogged. They were determined. Got their work rate up. Took the lessons of last week, took the embarrassment of that mess against Leinster and turned it round. Got stuck into Munster. There was a few old bits of 
what the late Miolo O'Hare used to call shamozzles. There was a bit of pushing and shoving. There was a bit more bite to some of that tonight. Yes. Uh, and that was just excellent. Yes, there was. There was the subs getting involved. Marmion started it, really. I know Healy slid in late, and I don't like that, and that's fine, but you don't throw the ball at someone, so Marmion started that, but subs got involved. Not good, not good. Down the other end, some conic subs got involved. Not good. But anyways, referee just kind of dealt with it as if it was the 1980s and said, everyone stand back. It was like, a, it was like something like Bézier versus Toulon in the 1980s. Let them belt each other for a few minutes, and then let's get back at it. Yeah. Um, and I don't think we should complain too much, even though we were a little bit. Well... He could have spent 10 minutes with the TMO going through it frame by frame. Yeah, we didn't want that. Who did this? Who did that? Who, who pushed? No, he didn't. He, 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 he may, when the review is done and the review assessor talks to him, say, you didn't handle that right. But then for the type of game it was, and for a referee from outside of Ireland, I think he handled it really well. You know, sometimes we overplay things. And I, so I wonder to myself, like I was about to say to you, this seems like it's going to be significant next year, that they just made sure they didn't lose nine in a row that, against Munster, that they made sure they, you know, won here for the first time in quite some time since 2015, that they just, you know, stood up to some of the aggression that was being coming their way. Of course, they were giving it back. We're not trying to play poor mouse here. But like at the same time, you know, I'm a, I know in the back of my head that it won't matter, it'll be a new season. I'm just going to say, though, I do think just a few percentage points it's going to help them in the next time they play Munster I think it will help them the next time they play Munster because next time they come down here they'll realise that if you're if you're prepared to stand up and fight as the uh, Munster song says um, that's half your battle and there's a lot more to it than that going out and just throwing shapes is not going to win you a rugby match but they needed to dig in tonight because they knew what they were going to get. Munster were never going to beat you the way that Leinster beat you because Leinster beat you in different ways. They beat you up and then they outskill you. Munster can't quite do that. And the thing that Munster got caught up with this evening was they started panicking a bit, which is really odd to watch. And Murray, I, I, I said to you, I said on the radio, if Murray, if they'd followed the way Murray was trying to play the game, I think Munster would have won, but he couldn't get the rest of them onto his wavelength. He was trying to pass the ball, he was trying to run, and he was trying to kick, and he was trying. But the rest of it was just very disorganised, and they got frustrated with themselves, and they got frustrated with the referee. Um, but that was because Connacht were in their faces every second of every minute. Connacht were there making their tackles. Connacht made plenty of mistakes, but they didn't let it affect them. They just moved on, and this thing they talk about next job. What's my next job? You make your tackle, get up, go and do something else. There wasn't enough of that last week and at various times during the season, Connacht have let themselves down on that issue. But today, they all got stuck in and some of the younger players really stood up. Uh, Keane uh, Prendergast had a big game. Niall Murray was man of the match, according to television. I've no issue with that. And it's time for them now to, to take the bat on from the Dennis Buckley's 199th appearance appearance brought on a minute before half time because uh, along with Finlay Bealham because uh, the, the the two starting props Dominic Robertson McCoy and uh, Paddy McAllister were being mullered and he just made a decision Dennis Buckley had that's one of the best games he's had for Connacht in a long time that turnover on the line I'm going to try and just randomly fire some memories from that game like the kickoff the monster botched and Sammy Earl just went in and scored a try I just she just handed it to him almost uh, 
Conor Fitzgerald's first half, just poise, conviction. He's 23. He has so much in the tank. I'm just excited about what Conor Fitzgerald can bring. Look, he kicked the ball directly into touch before he went off, so that's not going to be a nice memory for him to finish. But he scored his first ever try for Connacht. In his home city, he was brilliant tonight. Yeah, and it was a great try, and it was made by the fact that there was a bit of physicality. Tom Daly was key to it, uh, but... Uh, it was the it was the eyes right move that left Goggin sitting on his bum because he thought Fitzgerald was going to pass. Fitzgerald never had any intention of passing. He was going to score. He got there. He got the arm out. He got the try down. Uh, Kieran Marmion's opportunist tried. Typical Marmion. You know, I'm not sure he's himself this season. And even tonight, it wasn't 100% brilliant from him. It wasn't 100% brilliant from anyone. It was that kind of game. But that was so typical of him. It was so class. He just was, oh, he, you just knew we needed someone to have the legs, the speed, and the kind of, you know, forward thinking vision, the kind of futuristic, knowing what's going to happen next. And sure, Marmion's the best guy in the world for that. And that's why he scored the try. Yep, scored that try. Um... It was just a great game, and and that's that's important to celebrate that because, you know, sometimes you can come and win games like this, and they're not great games. And this this was a really great game, and this season now, Connacht have won in Dublin, Belfast, and Limerick. What? I I was so wrapped up in the Ravenhill and Toman Park away for away results back to back, if you like, in between either side of that Leinster game. I forgot about RDS. That's that's unheard of. Yeah, it is, and it's it's great as well. And this competition is what it is. I'm I'm not. We're not sitting here now saying this is the greatest competition ever, but Inter Pro Rugby is still exactly. It matters to the players. It matters to the fans. It matters to us in the media who are watching it, and it also matters to Ireland uh, because they're they're looking for their two games in July, and. Yeah, it, it matters. It has that edge to it. Some of the games in, in Wales, Glasgow and Edinburgh on occasions, uh, and as I say, some of the games in Wales also, yeah, there's a bit of an edge there. There's there's old rivalries. Uh, the Scarlets and the Ospreys can't stand the sight of each other. Um, and that's been going on. That's been going on from long before I was born. Um, because that's just the way it is. And that's, that's, that's why it's important that they started with these. And Connacht have won two out of three of them. And they've won the two away ones. And last week was a bad blip. But I think you can say they, they may not have completely buried it, but they came out today and they were determined to be better. And that's all you can be. And they were better and they won. From here in Toman Park, back to the gang who are carrying this podcast this week. Great work from Alan too, backing us up here in the uh, broadcast. Great work from Damien Burke and Gold Bay FM who just helped us get on air and everyone else back there who makes it possible. That's it from us. All right, great stuff as always as always from the guys and actually before we actually have a bit of a chat here let's hear what um, Andy Friend and um, Niall Murray said at that press conference Andy uh, congratulations again this season has been a roller coaster but just to take this moment in and of itself it's, it's a fantastic achievement Connick fans would be so so proud of you yeah thanks Rob it, it is it's a it is a proud day mate because uh yeah, there's been a lot going on over the last... Um, well, this season, there's been a lot going on. This last week, there's been a lot going on. And certainly, the the way we we capitulated last Saturday, uh, we weren't proud of that. Um, and then to come to Thoman Park against a pretty good Munster side, you know you know what lies ahead of you. But uh, I just thought jerseys 1-23 to stood up there tonight, and I thought they were they were immense. So, uh, yeah, to walk away from the from Thoman with a, with a victory is, is a really proud moment. 
you spoke about attitude, you spoke about mentality during the week. Even if you hadn't done that, I think we'd be speaking about it after tonight because it was a transformation. And that's probably what got you through some of the tricky moments in that second half. Yeah, and we just talked about it in the sheds afterwards. Like to me, that's that's the best I've seen us for eighty minutes. Um, and listen, there were a few rockets placed up people's backsides through the week, um, but there was a response, and and, and that's what you want. Um, yeah, and we talked about it after Leinster game. We've got six days, and in six days' time, we can put out another performance, and we've got to make sure we're going to be proud of that. And we walk away from here six days later, and I am proud of that. So. Um, that's a compliment to, to the players and, the, and the, the fight and the hunger we've got within the squad. Andy, you were confident that you were going to fix some of the problems in the mall. We doubted you because it felt like it was so, so out of control the previous week. That's some turnaround. How proud are you of your set of forwards and the work that the management team done there this week? Yeah, that's your job to doubt us, though, Rob, so I don't <laughs> blame you. Um, yeah, mate, you've got to have belief. You know, I've got enormous belief in Jimmy Duffy. I've got enormous belief in, in this group of forwards. I've got a young bloke standing beside me, Noel Murray. His future's unbe- going to be unbelievable. Um, but but you know, they, they were hurt last week. That, that's that's not a nice place to be when you're coming off the back of a loss like that and you know that there's been five tries have come pretty much from our, our mall setup or in our war area. So that hurts your pride. So what you saw there tonight, though, was... Uh, the, the technical brilliance of of, of a Jimmy um, throwing that into the into the attitude and the and the pride that these young blokes have and and come up against probably the best bowling team in in you know in, in the Pro 14 um, and to hold them out for most of it was uh, was fantastic. Well done, first of all, Niall. An incredible game to be part of. What was it like out there? Oh, thanks very much. Yeah, it was a piece of history out there and. Such a good good performance on uh, from one to fifteen, one to twenty-three. Um, just delighted we stuck in there and, and got the win. Very physical. Munster put it up to you, but you hung on. You kept your composure in those closing stages. It must have been really, really tough to withhold that pressure from Munster. Yeah, Munster put a lot of pressure on us up front. Um, I think it was one of the most physical games I've ever played in. Um, my body's fairly fairly sore now. We even sore in the morning. But yeah, um, up front we we, we fronted up. Uh, I thought Armal D was was tenfold better than last week. Um, I think we only let in one try this weekend, but um, yeah, we're doing really well. So on the night of firsts, Connacht's first time ever winning in Belfast, in Dublin and in Limerick, all in the same season. It was also Andy Friend's first win against Munster. Interesting one for you, Lindley. Well, fair play, actually. <laughs> That's what I say. I mean, and, prob- and, and well-deserved at this stage. Um, I think it's always a milestone, isn't it, when you beat your home provinces? And it's third year. It's time. It's timely. You know, you would hope that by the third year of when you're you are the coach, that you are able to have a squad that can answer the questions from the other provinces. And I think I'm the thing. What I was most impressed about tonight was that he took some very bold decisions in his selection. He dropped quite a few of last week's players, or not so much dropped them, but he introduced younger players to the squad. And I think they answered everything that he would have wanted them. And it, it, I think at the end of the day, what it says is that we, Connor, do have a squad system now, not just a first 15, that, have, that are able and capable 
of doing this. The only issue is, as always, is I suppose, why can't they do it more often? Why can't they do it twice in a row? Um, what does it take? Does it take losing to have a week of when they're given out to, you know, to be able to respond? But I think what I suppose was why I'm saying about this, the changes that were made to the team was that these were young fellas who stood up. So they're almost saying to the, the older lads, some of the older lads in the squad, hey, listen, we're the younger boys, we're the younger bucks, and we have it. And I think that's, I think that's, a, it was a great thing to see. It most certainly was. And and for me, Kim Prendergast, I thought was was just amazing. I thought he had a, and he brought an aggressiveness. Like well, I was talking to Danny before the game, and I was saying we, we keep hearing how good Ian uh, Kim Prendergast is, and in the A games, he's been he's been you know a fairly standout player. But tonight was the night to see how good he really was because to come up against Peter O'Mahony who's just got a new two-year contract with Ireland CJ Stander both Lions both starting Lions players in their time um, and a couple of the young bucks from from Munster it was just phenomenal to see him up there and he didn't take a single step backwards all night One of the impressive things was as well in his defence if he was bounced he always got the guy in the second on the second bite like he, he never gave up um, to to go off what you're talking about Lindley is um, I found it quite interesting that like yes friend did pick a whole load of these young guys but it, it, the difference could be is that do these young guys now believe like they've they've seen Connacht Khan and win uh, a pro pro 12 a few years ago you know they would have been young and seeing this and now now they believe they, they've got this belief that Connacht can be a winning team that where maybe you see with some of the older guys that They've gone up against Leinster and taken some amount of hammerings that after Leinster came back, they, their heads did drop. Where tonight, it easily could have happened as well. Connacht score a penalty and Munster comes straight back down and score a try. Connacht's head could have gone easily. No, like just as they did last week, but they scored a try and kept going. They most certainly did. And it was just so good, Packy. That's, that's what we want from them, isn't it? That we want Connacht to be fighting and fighting yeah. in a good way, not fighting, fighting, but as in standing up for themselves, putting, you know, having the right attitude. You know, it was great to see them following through on what their coaches wanted them to do. And as Danny said, the young guys really brought a, brought a, a lot to it. Well, I wouldn't knock the fighting, fighting either, Alan. <laughs> you know, they, yeah, yeah, they, I'm they, with didn't, you. they didn't take a step a step back there. I love Tom Daly's captaincy tonight when he was, he calmly told the ref, their subs were at it over there as well down the far end the stop start before that um, but you know something it drives home to you doesn't it rugby is so much about attitude Absolutely. like um, you know types of play everything are really really important obviously but you just you, you have to bring you have to be ready to to hurt and to get hurt do you know what I mean yep. and um, above any other sport I know uh, it, it has that more more than anything else but they, they didn't take a backward step but you're going about Niall Murray. He can he can say Murray whatever way he wants after a performance <laughs> like that. Um, but hey, listen, anytime you beat Munster, it's great. Well, and the other just, thing, just very often. No, no, it's not. That's but right. I wonder. I wonder. Unfortunately, I wonder if one of the reasons that it isn't very often is I felt that the ref had a really good game tonight because, from my point of view, he refed both sides the same way that he played it you know he basically saw two teams and he just ref two teams and then you know maybe I'll get into trouble for saying this 
I don't feel it's always like that with Irish referees. That there are certain things missed. Like if you look at last week against Leinster, their first try came from an illegal clean out of Buckley, which opened up the door for them to turn over the ball, at which point, you know, Leinster then did brilliantly to score it off. But the clean out was at least three yards past the the mall. So you're thinking, well, hang on a minute. That's that's not right. And then, you know, the Niall Murray incident last week where he sort of, the ball is thrown at him and he just flicks his foot because it's thrown at him. He just, and the penalty goes against Connacht rather than the initial instigator. Now, maybe that's, you know, people say, oh, it's classic Connacht. But all I know is that when we get neutral referees, we tend to do better. And I will get Danny to do the stats on some of them just to see if I'm right. And if I'm wrong, I'll hold my hands up. I also think I also think um, on this occasion, uh, Joy Neville and the TMO obviously played a huge role because because had she not had she not come back for that, it would have been a try to Munster had she not come back. And um, I actually was I was pleasantly surprised, so to speak, that that it was it was actually seen. Um, So I think the role of the TMO was obviously um, proved vital as as well. So, of course, this changes up before going into this game you know Munster were 18 point favourites I had my hand hovering on Connacht at 3-1 to one and then couldn't do it and I was sort of saying this season's over it's a waste of time you know after last week you know we're just not able to do it as Danny mentioned earlier they had a phenomenal team out we only had I think it was four or five players who almost did the job uh, earlier on in the season in uh, in Toman Park playing starting today I thought, well, I can't, I can't see where this is going to come from. I'm hoping that we see a good display. But looking at the table now, we have as much chance as anyone else at this stage, although we could have done with the bonus point near the end. Well, like you say, you, uh, you're looking for the bonus point, but we've only won in Tolman twice in I'm being facetious there. We'd never scored three tries in Tolman Park before. The only other time we scored three tries, I believe, was down in, in um, Cork when we drew back in 2004. So, yeah, I was only I was only just throwing that out there. But, you know, we're, we're in with an outside, an outside chance of, a, you know, putting it up to other people. But it certainly makes sure I thought we were going to finish last, to be honest. Now we've a, a heck of a chance of doing quite well. And I don't know, yeah. are we are we going to, you know, I didn't quite follow the announcement, follow the announcement today. Are the winners of this section going to play the winners of the South African section yeah. in the yeah. final? So there's there's no it local final it, anymore? It? I'd say they've, they've named this, uh, they've said it will be in Europe. And, uh, oh, yeah, Europe, sorry, yeah, Europe. I expect that will have something to do with um, whoever the winners of the European section are to be in their country. Look, I think at the end of the day, this Rainbow Cup is something completely new, and it's obviously something that hasn't worked out as it was supposed to work. So I say this first this first year of the Rainbow Cup, you take your wins, you enjoy it, and if Benetton or and whoever gets to that final, so be it. It's a, I don't think a hell of a lot is going to be read into it, because no. of the situation with the Rainbow Cup, I think the most important thing is is that teams like Benetton and like Connacht and those other teams use it as a development and use it just particularly not just their skills but to strengthen their their mental capacity and their squad system. And I think that's exactly what Connacht did this evening with the squad that it had out. The one thing I'd say about that is I think maybe outside looking in and as fans, we might not care um, about this Rainbow Cup because it is a bit of a shambles. But I think maybe this is kind of benefiting a team like Benetton, mm. who had a horrendous season. You know, like the 
what, did they even win a game in the Pro 14? And now they've gone and won a couple. Like, that That will do wonders for their squad going into next season. Like, there'd be nothing worse than going through a preseason and you have won a game in, in your league and you're going, going into a newer, tougher version of that league. So, like, I, I think it's great for teams to, to uh, like Benetton, to get back up on the horse and to also, uh, as we saw tonight, it's a huge chance for young guys to get a chance and to show their worth. You know, and I really think they did that tonight for Pat. Yeah, and we were talking about it during the week, Niall, where we, you know, you were going on about how well Sean O'Brien had been doing because he had a run of games. And I was listening to one of the other podcasts and Bernard Jackman was making the point that guys like Craig Casey aren't getting enough starts. Like he's played a few games, but when it came to the big games, he wasn't getting them. And you could you could see that again tonight that, that you know, Sean O'Brien was superb again tonight. Like he was absolutely superb. He had playing... I know not directly opposite Dale Andy, but not you know not far away from him. And Dale Andy hardly ever got a sniff of the ball all night. And so the yeah, young actually, players need to be brought through. Sean O'Brien's turnover was actually what actually produced the last five minutes of play. And I thought that was a huge turning point, actually. And it really just did show, I think, that to Munster, that hey, lads, we're not, we're not maybe the Connacht of all, we're not just going to lie down here, that you're going to have to bloody work hard for it. And I think that, 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 I thought that was a really huge turning point when he did that. He was very good. Um, I actually, I was just thinking about, we're on about Damien Dale Ende and um, Tom Daly was, you were saying he was, uh, that Sean O'Brien was, you know, almost opposite him, but Tom Daly was opposite him. Um, and I think he uh, he played the role as a, you know the second receiver really really well tonight probably better than he's done all season actually um, he was uh, I just thought he had another phenomenal game and he was really cool with the captaincy I thought he was very good um, I I didn't not that I didn't expect it I didn't know I didn't really think about it um, and you know if that's you know that score that much but um, I thought he had a really excellent game real quietly kind of efficient uh, game and you know put in a you know a serious shift in defence as well, um, well he, he, so, did, he did captain Ireland sevens back in 2016 so it's not as though he's new to this captaincy role and you know and he's another example of a player getting multiple games to get him up to the level that he needs to be at where he's you know he's been talked about as being you know a possibility for the Irish camp for during the summer. Well, he has he has to know as far as I'm concerned. Um, he has to. What well, the only thing is, I hope he I hope he gets a little bit of a rest between now and then, because he's played a phenomenal amount of rugby this season. Nineteen. Stars. He really has. Pardon. Nineteen starts this season. Like um, you know, he did like John John Porsche is another fellow that's played a huge amount of rugby since he arrived here, and I think he's a bit he's a bit tired looking at the minute. He's just he's a bit heavy legged at the uh, at the minute. No, he's and, and, and mentally tired. It's not just a physical ah, tiredness yeah. with him; it's mental. But that was his best game in in a while because he'd had a few stumbles, and tonight was one of his better games. Yeah, well, I, have, I, I have to I have to make a point about Tom Daly, and that is, um, I think when Tom's first season here, I don't think few people would have you know really thought too much about Tom Daly. He was a player coming down here from Leinster. Um, didn't have a hugely impressive season, I don't think. Um, but and I think part of that part of that reason, and I think you know, Andy Friend has alluded to it, is the fact that he never really was able to nail down, you know, a, a position. He was kind of moved around, you know, the field. He was played out halves, played on the wings, played centre. And I think sometimes with players like that, that all it takes is a coach to actually 
have a different approach to you and to sit down and chat to you and to take an interest in you. And I think Andy Friend said it, you know, was it last year or the year before that that Tom had come and said to him, like, you know, he just wanted to play and he was prepared to play anywhere. And I think Andy Friend, you get some players who actually, who really are encouraged by their coaches and you get some who maybe don't have, you know, that sort of relationship with them or whatever. And I think Andy Friend and Tom Daly have obviously formed a, a coach player relationship that is actually working. And I think that's actually really been an important point in Tom Daly's progress because Andy Friend has, you listen to Andy Friend talking about Tom Daly and he is encouraging him all the time. He's you know, he's he's always giving him the responsibility. He's always being positive about him. And I think someone like Tom Daly and, and many others who maybe have come from Munster or Leinster and they come down here with that slightly inferiority, possibly complex because they have come down from Leinster or Munster. And Angie Friend is there saying to Tom Daly, uh-uh, you're, you're, you're just as good as any of these players. And he's given him that confidence. And, you know, it, it is really a wonderful thing to see another player coming down and stepping into the shoes and being confident and and producing. And I think, you know, I I, I think he is it's he's has really shown, particularly this season, what he's capable of when any player gets confidence. Take the confidence away and you know what happens. Exactly, exactly. And it's it's to me it's about late developers. You know, it's it's about the fact that you can't, uh, again, there was a podcast we've gone on a bit during the week that some guys develop later than others. And we have this fascination in this country that if you haven't made it by the time you're 21 or 22, you're not a good enough rugby player. And that's just rubbish. We're too fascinated by trying for names to be superstars when they're 20, 21 and expect them to stay like that the whole way. There's so much more to it than that. It's such a complex game. And sometimes guys, as you say, need just to be given game time. And we're perfect for that. Connacht are perfect to, to do that. Alex Wooten again tonight, I thought was was... Back, back on some sort of form after his little break, Papalihi, like what a turnaround that guy has made. Like, and you know, the last game I saw him live was the one of the A games, and I was disgusted with him. I thought his attitude stank. Whereas the last two games, I thought he's been brilliant, and tonight brilliant in a more workmanlike way rather than an explosive way. He was still honeypotting players, but he was still working. He kept working. We got seventy minutes out of him tonight, which I think is fantastic. But how can you expect players like how can you people expect pay, pay, players like Papalihi to to walk into this country from be, from being overseas, having been a rugby league player, and just being able to flick a switch and 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 be. The player well, that they want them to be. It just, it no, no, it's not, that, it's not that I wanted him to be a superstar. It was the fact that he just faffed about a bit too much for my liking. <laughs> like I'd seen him in a couple of the earlier games and I was saying, okay, there's a lot of potential in this guy. And then it was as though this game, maybe he just had an off day. Maybe he was just bad, but I just got frustrated with him in that scenario. And I do that with Irish players. I'm not just, isn't just, you know, it's not just mm-hmm. picking on money saying that, that just to see the turnaround in him. And again, to back up what you're saying about what, what Andy's capable of doing. He's capable of stopping and listening. And, you know, maybe this is part of the whole mental awareness that's coming into the sport. And I'm delighted to see it because we have an interview. William did an interview a couple of weeks back with Robin Copeland about the, the big rugby run that's happening um, shortly. And, you know, part of it is, you know, mental awareness isn't just, we can't just talk about it. We have to see it in action. And I think Andy Friend brings it into action. You can see it in the way some of these guys are coming through and, and developing and developing as, as human beings as well as just rugby players. It's great to see. You see, I'm always fascinated about why some players like, you know, um, who, who are stars can have an off day. I mean, let's, let's face it, Conor Murray went through a, a period in his career when he wasn't at his best. 
but yet he's still regarded as as probably the number one scrum half. He wasn't automatically dropped. People, you know, he he survived. People gave him that credence that he had that ability. So, you know, maybe it's because he plays for Munster that people gave him that credence. I don't know. But, you know, I think people have to be a little bit more... I mean, everyone is human after all. We do have our, our, our good days and our bad days, and, and rugby players know the same. You know, you know there is, there, is, there is the holistic approach that you have to take to players. And as I say, people were patient with Conor Murray when he went through a bad period. People have been patient with a lot of players when they've gone through bad periods you know, and and particularly at national level. So, you know, why shouldn't we be patient with some players who have off days or on days? Paki, you might have a response to that. I'm very patient, Lindy, with everybody. I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you. Listen, uh, um, I kind of, we talked about last week and I said that I was getting fed up with this. Uh, I felt like it was being, I don't know if it came across properly, I felt like it was being a bit of an excuse with the, we're shopping in, in Lidl, we're shopping in Aldi, everybody else is shopping in, do you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I kind of do find, I do no, actually, I, I, look, I have I don't to say, I find that. that a little bit, I have, find that a little bit, I don't think it, I don't think it, it's a good attitude to have for those no. poor players who think that they're little players or elderly players, you know. Yeah. Like, but okay, I, I shop there saying. all the time and I, I prefer think... it to Tesco, so hey. But I think what he's saying is that Munster have signed two World Cup winners. We've signed a guy that played rugby league. Uh, I think Andy Friend likes to use a, the odd metaphor or two because it, it, it does kind of bring in other diff- different people and makes it good for a good uh, snapshot. But, like, you know, even Leinster this season, they, they must have kind of guessed that they were going to lose their two tight heads to the Lions and even um, maybe a bit of Ireland. So they go and sign a, a guy that's playing down in Australia. You know, I, I can't, for whatever his name is, I can't remember. We, we don't have the same, yeah, we, we don't have the same, we, we don't get that same opportunity. That's, I think, the point that he was making. Oh, absolutely. Um, that is, no, I, you're right. It is the point he's making. And there's there's nothing wrong with it. I think it's just sometimes the, the metaphor this that he does use that maybe, you know, uh, maybe could be changed up. Maybe he should be talking about internationals and as opposed to littles. The way I look at it is that you walk into a wine stack in Little or Aldi and you can pick out some absolute screamers for 10 euro. And they are absolutely brilliant. But unfortunately, there's an awful lot of dross you have to get through before you find the screamer. <laughs> Isn't the yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah. in a good wine shop? Yeah. No, but the the, the thing I'm, I'm getting from it is I feel like it's it's um, not so much that it's, it's well, it is kind of focusing on the negative of it. Mm. Mm. You know, instead it's, of saying that, you you know, we could just say we have to be really really careful about how we do it. Do you know like, what I mean? I, and yeah, I, my, my view, and I be... think that's. I think that's the way of doing it. And I, I know what you're saying, Alan, as well. Like, you know, I, I get what, what you mean about that. And I think everybody gets what Friendy is saying about it. But, you know, for the point has been made and it's been made by Pat Lamb as well. And he, mm. you know, that's two coaches ago. So, you know, let's leave it there. Let's park that now. Yeah, absolutely. Let's, you know with what? the right attitude, with the right attitude and some good coaching, exactly. you can still go and take on Munster when they're more or less at full strength and if they weren't at full strength they were by the end of the game and still win I think the thing about it is can you do it consistently and that is the issue you know we can produce it Connacht can produce it every now and again you know and with all the heart and soul that these players put in sometimes maybe they're just not the physically the best specimen of players but 
But you this know, should give them the belief, Lindley. This should give them the belief now that but they I can. Think, but I think, but I, but I think there are players within that squad who have belief. You just look at, just look at the young Sean O'Brien. You know, just just look at a lot of these young players. You know, even think of Kiramamian, who's who's been sitting on the bench and twiddling his toes and and was you know missed out on a World Cup, and then he comes back and produces you know a performance where he scores the winning try. He does everything he possibly can you know he hasn't lost faith in himself because he has because he has confidence in himself and I think it's all about instilling that confidence in the players and I think that is such an important part of of basically what Connor have to do with a lot of their players who think they maybe have come from Aldi or Little. <laughs> absolutely you know there's some as I, as we say there's some absolutely stonkingly brilliant wines you can get in Aldi or Little and you know that's what we have to focus on that you can be you have to be that stonkingly good wine that's from either of those places okay so let's let's just finish off Niall I think you're, you've been scouring social media what did you just find um, CJ I just found that CJ, CJ Stander criticised tonight's officials in the aftermath of Munster's 24-20 defeat to Connacht at Thoman Park Afterwards, Stander told Airsport, it felt like we were playing more against more than 15 men. I can say it now, I'm done, but it's difficult for both sides. <laughs> Welcome to our world, CJ. But there you go, it's against more than 15 men. Wow, what a thing to say. And I'm sure I haven't, I haven't looked at social media yet, but um, I'm sure it's going to be fun. It's, it's never fun when we get hammered. It certainly wasn't fun. We were reading it last week, I have to say. Um, but, you know. oh, talking, of, talking of social media here, I'm just reading Bernard Jackman, former Lanston Connacht player, who was actually on this occasion is making special mention to Jimmy Duffy and Nigel Carolyn, who in their last season with Connacht, after all the years they've spent as players, as players and as coaches, have finished up beating with three provinces away from home in the same season. So that's a very nice gesture from, from Bernard Jackman, who obviously would know these players well, and who was a player who knows what it's like to play for Connors. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So we'll, as we'll, he said we'll... at the start of the game, he, uh, he's had some dark days in Munster. <laughs> Munster <laughs> seem to always have uh, their the Connacht's number. Yeah, yeah, and that's something, Packy, we were talking about that, that as we started the podcast, we're going to finish with along the same lines. Connacht standing up and, and being counted and, and yes, there was a bit, there's a couple of fuckers and, and, and the Monster guys didn't like it, but, you know, so what? I'm tired of seeing Connacht teams gone down there and, and wilt under that sort of pressure and they didn't do it today. Yeah, I might have, uh, maybe it has something to do with the benefits of home crowds and all that, but... Um... You know, uh, that was the most pleasing thing as well for me. They just, they, and I, funnily enough, I think that affected Munster that they may have been expecting Connacht to uh, not throw so much throw in the towel, but, you know, not stand up and be counted as much as that. Um, but I'm glad, I'm glad they did. And it'll open up a nice friendly rivalry again um, that maybe hasn't been there for a long time, you know. Um, they always expected to win, and to be honest, they more often than not did. So, um yeah, this is uh, it's good. F- good for the pro. Good for the pro fourteen, sixteen, and good for Irish pro. rugby, and good for the fact that you know we're tired of hearing that that um, you know the pro fourteen isn't good enough. And I'm always of a view that that's a lot of rubbish in in my book. I'm not saying every game is brilliant, but you know if you want to put it out there, you know that was that was as good a display as Connacht have ever put out. Certainly away from home, but like it's an amazing away record we have this year. The question is when the fans come back next year, will we be able to merge our 
excellent away record and keep some of that for next year and then get some home wins with all our Connacht clan screaming and roaring the house down behind them um, at home. I'm, I'm, I have, I have no, absolutely no doubt that these young players have, particularly some of these young players have received a huge boost from this. And I think the, you know, I just, I just look at about the last, was it the last five minutes of play when you had O'Brien steal, you had a turnover. And I know, I'm not sure who was in the line out, but I know Bielham. Okay. Another young player. And then Bielham was involved. And then you had a knock on by, by, by John, uh, was it John Klein after from pressure. And then, you know, you had, um, you, there were other things like, oh, uh, in terms of Connett, uh, Buckley, there was a turnover by Buckley. On, on, yes, on yes. First, his thing. first steal so, in a long time, yeah. yeah. So if you, you think about that, in the last few minutes of play, these Connett players were still, still fighting. And, you know, it's very, it, I, I'll just say this, that this week Andy Friend used an expression, which I think I used in a headline in the Go Advertiser, which is Friend wants Connett to stand up and fight. Which I, which is obviously a very appropriate, you know, he knows his, he knows a little bit of history and he knows Munster. And all I will say is t- t- tonight, Connacht did exactly that. They stood up and fight to the very last minute. And I think that just has to be applauded. It has to be celebrated. And, you know, we may not see it, maybe see another one, you know, against Munster in Truman Park for a couple of years or maybe we will but the point is that is something that is it is a, a new piece of history for Connacht that those three teams are being beaten away the three interprovincial teams are being beaten away from home and that has, just has to be applauded and celebrated it most certainly does and I think we should finish the podcast there what a way to finish Lindley McKenzie from the Galway Advertiser as always brilliant in our on our podcast um, Niall Shiel and Danny Deegan thanks for joining me tonight Cut it loose Break out Or nothing changes Side